0: Alex Foldats and as always I am joined by the wonderful the magnificent the bombastic
1: Mr. Andrew Rubin. Andrew how we doing today brother oh my god you just you just lifted me up like like I felt like I was Simba just being held up in the sky just being presented to the world majestically I'm doing good, Alex. I'm doing good. Um, I I don't know about you. I do this weird thing, and I don't. I have a very numbers type of brain. Num- I like I remember numbers. I think in numbers. So for every new episode we've done, I always want to attribute it to the Eagles player that wore that number. So you know, episode five, Oh, number five will always love you. Of course, Donny, Donovan McNabb. Uh, you know, episode number nine, Nicky Foles. Episode ten, Deshaun Jackson or Gardner Minshew. And now we've reached episode 11, beautiful episode 11, where we can think of the beautiful players of yesteryear who wore number 11 for the Eagles. My memory is a little fuzzy at the moment, though. Um, Do you know any any 11s? Well, I hope I don't listen to this podcast and all of a sudden
0: fall and sprain both of my ankles at the same exact time. Uh, that's or the only pork. thing I could think about number 11.
1: <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, like try to be falling in the end zone and then throw a pass with the opposite hand, turning it into a pick six and then having that play then named after you. Uh, for those who don't who don't know, Carson Wentz wore number eleven, and uh, he's become a bit of a an afterthought <laughs> in this town. If you yeah,
0: will. good one, good one. Well, All right, thanks, thanks. Well,
1: for our agenda today, uh, we're gonna kick it off with
0: some Eagles news, and then just do a quick recap on the Pro Bowl. But for our featured segment, it was a fun one. We have a guest where we're gonna talk about the NFL awards, some controversy around Aaron Rodgers, and then Andrew is gonna take us through some funny prop bets for the Super Bowl and concluding it with some predictions. So, Andrew, what do we got in Eagles news this week?
1: Not a whole lot going on in Eagles news as expected with the Super Bowl coming up, but there were a couple of uh, of headlines. Uh, We're going to start off with former Eagles head coach, Mr. Doug Peterson. Uncle Doug, also wearer of the visor like our current coach, Nick Sirianni, and I know how much you love the visor. Love the visor, man. Love one, the visor. One to visor. want to buy multiple visors for next season. <laughs> so Doug Peterson was hired as the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they lose Urban Meyer, which, um, you know, might honestly be like the worst – coaching experience of the nfl's Seriously. history like it was one thing after the other um so doug peterson will now be stepping in as the head coach of the Jack- jacksonville jaguars and they've also started making some hiring uh, to the rest of the coaching staff this week so so far doug peterson has brought in mike mccoy to be the quarterbacks coach and uh, this is actually his first nfl job since 2018 and i thought it was interesting because this this does seem very on brand for what doug peterson does um he tends to uh, utilize other quarterbacks, typically backup, former backup quarterbacks as uh, on his coaching staff. So in the past, he's coached with Frank Reich, who was a backup for the Bills. Uh, and then there was John DiFilippo, Press Taylor. So it uh, seems like he has this lineage of kind of, you know, regurgitating the same formula. And then on the de- uh, defensive side as uh, hiring Mike Caldwell as the Jaguars uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, thought that this was interesting because he was a two time. Um, so he was a. a he was Doug's former teammate when when they were both on the Eagles, and then they both were under Andy Reid's coaching staff uh, on the Eagles as well. So that's kind of cool that they both had two separate stints with the Eagles, and so now he'll be joining uh, Doug in Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just kind of uh, – just kind of spent a couple seconds. Doug Peterson, I think is a pretty well-liked guy in Philadelphia. He took us to a super bowl. I remember when we originally signed him to be our head coach, I was not for it. I thought it was going to be Andy Reed, you, know, t- you know, just the second coming of Andy Reed, which looking back on, it's like, well, that's not such a bad thing. I mean, Andy Reed is a pretty darn good coach. So, um, you know, they, they definitely uh, caught lightning in a bottle that season. I don't think anyone expected it, but Doug Peterson will be forever revered in Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on Dougie?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm glad that he found a head coaching job. I think there is this trend that when you do have a losing season – You step down as head coach, you kind of wait a season. So this kind of fits right into the time frame of all of that. You know, from what I heard, I thought Byron Lefwich, former quarterback in Jacksonville, was actually going to be the coach. But apparently he wanted to call the shots on who he wanted to be GM and wanted to bring all of his boys over. And the Jags ownership was like, nah, bro, you're following us. I hope that Doug Peterson doesn't end up in a similar situation that he did here. Um it's kind of crazy cuz you know I'm happy with our coach. I really am. I I like Nick. I love what we did this year and that last year under Doug wasn't very impressive to say the least. But you know there's a whole lot of uh you know rumors coming out that Doug had no control. It was all coming from upstairs. They wanted to pass 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 and you know it took him you know a year and a half to figure out that running the ball was like really the Philadelphia Eagles identity. I just hope that that stuff wasn't true. And I hope that Doug isn't going to a similar situation where he can't control what's going on, and like they're doing it for for ratings and stuff. I don't think that will be the case. I think that Philadelphia is a tough market. Uh, we're always in the postseason. We're a great football city. I think the ownership expects a lot from us, and they wanted Carson once to play magic ball, and that's kind of what you know he was he was doing there. So hats off to Doug. I'm rooting for him. I'm going to be watching all the Jacksonville games. We actually play the Jaguars at home next season. So that's going to be really exciting. I'm sure he'll get a standing ovation in here. We literally have a statue of him outside. Um, So I would be really excited to go to that game or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts, Andrew?
1: Well, my first thought was uh, you said hats off, and I think that uh, you may have meant visors. Vi- visors I'm off. sorry, a plumage. Plumage off. Plumage. Uh, <laughs> know, f- f- flick the plumage. The visor flick. plumage. <laughs> flick the plumage. Oh boy, that's I'm. I love that. A flick of the plumage to you, sir. Uh, just that. Uh, just a lick of the plumage. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I love Doug. I mean, obviously, you know, great, uh, short lived, but. I think that actually kind of worked for him because if you, when you're stay, when you haven't overstayed your welcome, kind of like what happened with Andy Reid, he was here 14 years, and by the end of the stint, everybody was ready to move on. With Doug, it was just like, "What? You just got here? You won a Super Bowl." And so I think a lot of the city does side with with Doug, and I think that that'll be cool for him yeah. to coach the uh, former number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, in Jacksonville. Uh,
0: second, hey, I think I think yeah. he'll do great, man. I'm I'm really excited for him.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, moving on, a little little tidbit on Jordan Mailata, which I thought was really interesting. So I uh, read an article earlier today, former NFL agent, his name's Joel Corey. Um, so he wrote in his 2021 contract awards. Um, so what he does, he hands out awards every year for the most and least valuable acquisition, uh, offensive and defensive signing of the year, biggest steal, uh, things like that. Um, he gave the Eagles uh, credit for um, the best contract extension for a team in 2021, which was the contract extension that they gave to Jordan Mailata. So as a quick reminder, uh, Mailata's new contract pays him $64 million over the next four seasons. So that comes out to $16 million a year, which, yes, that sounds like a lot, but, le- but I'll get there. Um, this is why... Um, this is why he thinks that this was the best extension. So he said, uh, without the extension, the Eagles would have been forced to designate Mylata as a franchise player or risk losing him in free agency. Uh, since my is just scratching the surface of his talent, he would have been in high demand on the open market. Uh, so far, uh, so left tackles, Trent Williams, who's 33, uh, David Bakhtiari, who's 30 and Laramie Tunsell, who are 27. Uh, they all have deals in the 22 to $23 million range. Um, my lotta doesn't turn twenty five until next month. So basically, what this is saying is if he were to go to free agency, the Eagles probably wouldn't if the Eagles were able to sign him in free agency, they would have to overspend. So essentially, yeah. by giving him this extension, um, you know, they are just getting incredible value for a, a player who was a seventh round draft pick and has like seriously climbed a top you know th- climbed to top the the rankings of of offensive linemen in the NFL. So I thought that that was uh I thought that was super interesting. Um any any thoughts any thoughts of yours on that?
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, we can love and hate Howie Roseman for different reasons, but I think the dude is a genius when it comes to how they are structuring contracts, negotiating contracts. I mean, sure, you can give him grief over the Carson Wentz signing, but I don't think any of us really foresaw that coming, right? Um, So, you know, hats off to what the front office was able to do to to make it work for the team. Um, And we still have a ton of cap space heading into next year, a cheap quarterback, multiple first round picks. The Eagles do have the cap space to sign some really good um, free agent talent here looking at DJ Chark, looking at Mike Williams, looking at some of these people coming up. Um, but it's moves like what we did with Jordan Mulatto, which like you said, huge steal. That's really going to play into our favor. Well, speaking of um, best players,
1: do you see the pro bowl last weekend? Oh man. So um, I did watch the pro bowl and Mainly, that's because I had some money on the game. Uh, there was a there was a profit boost on DraftKings where I believe uh, it was boosted or over six over sixty two and a half points was was boosted pretty nicely. And I looked back at some hit, like historical scores of the Pro Bowl and I felt very confident in that in that bet. And then I looked, I was like, oh, these games actually are not as high scoring as I thought they were. One quarter later, and forty five points. Later, I was able to, you know, sit back and relax and not sweat it out at all. Um I didn't real. And again, uh, you know, we spoke about this last time. I haven't tuned into Pro Bowl coverage in quite some time. So I'm I'm going to guess that this Pro Bowl where it was like literally two hand touch. um Is this like this had to have been the first year that it was like this hands off because it was it, so bad. It was, it was
0: it was so bad, man. I mean, it was just absolutely awful. It it, it, was, it was the worst thing ever. Maybe some players were a little bit tired because they were out talking to you, Alvin Kamara, the night before the Pro Bowl is when that incident happened, by the way. He uh, went the next day, played the Pro Bowl, and then apparently it came out today that he stomped on some guy 23 times while he was unconscious. So interesting to see what's going to happen with, with all of that. Not to throw that into the Pro Bowl coverage, but what... what who would have thought putting a stadium in Las Vegas was <laughs> was going to be a good idea? Oh, um, oh, but man, uh, yeah, it was it was pathetic. And I get it, man. You have some of these guys going into free agency. Some of these are the top players in their position. They're not going to get hurt. I, I, come on, this is their livelihood. What do you want them to do? Go, 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 full on. You know, roughing the passer and stuff in the Pro Bowl. Like, is that
1: what you is that what you want to see? It, it, it is weird. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing. Like the baseball all-star game, obviously there's not much changing to your play. Like the pitchers can still throw hundred mile per hour fastball and you know, yeah. you're, know you you're going to basically play that same game. Um, basketball, yeah, a little bit less defense, but the game isn't as physical. So you can kind of sag off and there's a lot of people just kind of shooting crazy shots. Um, I actually heard a lot about the NHL weekend as well. And and that's equally as laughable as the NFL, apparently. So, so, so these all-star games are, we, we need some better ideas. And I do want to ask you, you know, do you think that there is a better way to go about this? Because the game is getting less and less competitive every single year. I read an article earlier suggesting that instead of doing a pro bowl, just have the two worst teams play each other and have them both play for the number one overall pick in the draft. At least hey, that would be a competitive ball game. I'm all for that. I think
0: that's pretty cool. At least like have some sort of in, incentive at the end of it. I think Pro Bowl at this point, I think the skills competition was pretty cool. Um I went out with one of my buddies, we grabbed some wings and it was on that TV. It was pretty cool watching it. Um you know, I'm I'm okay with like the skills competition getting everyone there, but I think Pro Bowl is more of like a designation, hey, you were named this. Go to Hawaii. Go to whatever it is. Do your skills competition. Have right. fun. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, make it, make it have some sort of incentive. But there's no way. Listen, the NFL just made billions of more dollars by adding another week to 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 the <laughs> season and adding more wild card teams. Like, do we really need a Pro Bowl? Like, is it really a money grab at that point? It, it looks a little cheap. Um, I'm okay with what I saw on the field. I just think it's ridiculous that this is what the Pro Bowls come to.
1: Yeah, and it, it does feel consistent with, with those other sports because it seems like the skills challenges are what people really enjoy tuning into. It's fun, it's more laid back, but you have an opportunity to just to see how gifted these athletes really are. So, like, yeah, I want to watch quarterbacks do some sort of target practice where I can like really appreciate their accuracy and how much of a rocket arm they have, or you know, receivers just catching Ball's coming from all different directions. You know, in the NBA, you have the dunk contest. You have the three-point shooting contest. That stuff is always fun. Um, In uh, baseball, the home run derby, always fun. You know, so I think the game itself does seem like something that um, it's cool to... Like, I love seeing, and we spoke about this again before, I love seeing the different helmets. You know, I like spotting the Eagles player on the field. Yeah, But it's like they purposely don't even run the ball because what's the point? And then you see the quarterback drop back and it literally looks like you're, you're at like a third grade recess. It's like you have just people just kind of scattering all over the field, trying to get open. And, and, Somehow, despite that, I think every quarterback in the game threw an interception. Was that? Did every quarterback throw an interception in the game?
0: I was listening it in the car when I went to go pick up groceries. Kirk Cousins threw a pick six. Kyler Murray threw a pick six. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a pick six. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty pathetic, man.
1: Which I loved as I'm, you know, looking at my sixty-two and a half, and and was already yeah. over halfway there in the first quarter. So. Weird game. I did kind of like the fourth down rule. I don't know if he caught any of this, but it was, or it wasn't the fourth down rule. What would happen is after your team scored, you basically had an opportunity to then keep the ball again. If you converted a, like essentially it was a fourth and 15 play that they would. Say. Yeah. Um, so that was just like an excuse for just, you know, uh, the quarterback to drop just, you know, hail it downfield well, and try they, to they, make something happen. They,
0: they, they also had the Diggs brothers on each other. So I thought that, that was, was kind of cool too. Yeah, to that like watch fun. them. So, so uh, Stefan played defense and Trayvon played offense and they were kind of going at it. But there was like a timeout. Like they obviously went to Kirk Cousins. They're like, oh yeah, do this for the crowd and stuff. Like, listen, I'm cool with that. Like make it into an event, right? Like make it to like one-on-ones where you have like, you know, the skills competition, like you said, but anyway all right well hey that was a fun first half of the episode we are so excited to introduce the second half we are bringing a guest don't you go anywhere this is the afterthought podcast
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Afterthought Podcast. We have reached the second half of the show. Uh, We have some some fun things to get into. We're going to start off with NFL honors. Uh, So we have those end-of-season NFL awards coming up. I believe they will be announced this Thursday. So uh, we're going to take a look at some final odds here. And we brought on a very special guest. Uh, Now, He's a Green Bay fan, so we, we thought that it would be, you know, I, I, we thought it would be a suitable thing, as Aaron Rodgers is currently the the, the front runner for the MVP award. So I want to introduce our guest, uh, Terry. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, obviously, I just said you're a Green Bay fan.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me, Andrew and Alex. Andrew, very nice to meet you. I am a Green Bay fan, but I'm going to try and keep it level-headed, even-keeled, and just be objective.
0: And just for all of our all of our listeners at home, Terry's actually wearing an Aaron Rodgers jersey right now. Came fully ready to represent. And you know what? I want people to come to our football podcast dressed in their fan gear. I actually feel like I'm underdressed today. So, Terry, you're already 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 one upping us. I feel very.
1: I'm I'm not even wearing a shirt, so I'm highly underdressed. (laughs) That's, That's not true. That's my. I I'm wearing a shirt. Um. So Terry, first and foremost, I need to I need to know. This Green Bay fandom. Did this was this a thing that started when you were a kid because you know the Packers were good and Brett Favre and all that, or uh, do you have an actual tie to Wisconsin or cheese?
2: Well, one cheese is really awesome. Two, <laughs> I grew up. My mother was a big Eagles fan. My dad never really cared too much about football. Uh, but I grew up, you know, watching the Eagles. And one day I was upstairs flipping through channels and I saw, I was probably young. And I saw, flipped on a channel, Brett Favre was playing for the Green Bay Packers and he threw a touchdown pass. And everyone was just going nuts. He was running around like a little kid. And I also noticed that they had a G on their helmet. And I was young enough to realize that my last name started with a G. And so that was kind of just how it kicked off. All these years later, one Lombardi trophy. Here we are.
0: I love it. And a beautiful man that looks great in some Wrangler
1: jeans. I mean, it's just the gift that keeps on giving.
2: He's the silver fox.
1: (laughs) Does he do anything else? Like, I just feel like I'm picturing him going for tough. I don't think that's Brett Favre, (laughs) but I could maybe like Chevy like a rock. No, that's not Brett Favre either. I think he's just a jeans guy. Um, I could see anyway. them rolling
2: him out with the crypto.
1: <laughs> so I will say, your Packers have probably had a, a little bit better of a lineage of quarterbacks. I mean, than the Eagles have. The Eagles haven't necessarily had terrible quarterback play, but we also didn't go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer to Hall of. Oh Famer. Oh my gosh. So you're spoiled, and we're happy. We feel spoiled to have you on the show. So uh, let's let's get into the first NFL honor, which is MVP, Most Valuable Player. Uh, Like we just said, Aaron Rodgers is currently the front runner. For those of you who are interested in betting odds, like we are, um, Aaron Rodgers currently sits at minus four hundred, which means if you bet forty dollars, you would win ten, and you would cash out for fifty. So, first we have Rodgers at minus 400. Uh, Second is Tom Brady, plus 500. Then we have Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl, plus 1,000. Then Jonathan Taylor, plus 1,600. And then uh, now we're getting into plus 2,000 and further, which probably have no chance. But if you want to just, you know, just take a shot and throw a small amount, you got Cooper Cup at plus 2,000. Josh Allen at plus 5,000, which is weird because he didn't even make the Pro Bowl. And we're not going to, we've already, well, (laughs) (laughs) We've gotten into that. We probably will. We'll we'll discuss that a little bit more as well. Um, And then Patrick Mahomes finally at plus 5000. So boys, Alex, I'm going to start with you. You take a look at this list. Is there any question in your mind that Aaron Rodgers is, is the hands down winner or do you think somebody else is deserving? I mean, it's kind of easy to forget when you get bounced in the first rounds of the
0: playoffs. Sorry, Terry. Um, I mean, Second round.
1: They got a bye. They did get a bye. You're right.
0: Okay. Second round of the playoff. So first game to the 49ers. Um, you know, I think it's like out of sight, out of mind. So yeah, I think during the season, my lock for the Super Bowl was the Green Bay Packers. I actually thought it was going to be the Packers and the Titans in the Super Bowl. Derek Henry coming back to make a playoff run—I thought that was going to be something really exciting. But here we are, heading into the Super Bowl, and no Aaron Rodgers. So, sure, I think for the regular season, which is how these rewards are are based off of, I guess Aaron Rodgers is the lock. Um, but I would say, if I was, you know, making this, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like playoffs can't hold all the weight because not every best player makes the playoffs um but it is what it is so yeah I guess I agree with the with uh, Vegas on the odds of Aaron Rodgers winning MVP what are your thoughts on this Terry I'm sure you're totally unbiased
2: being totally unbiased um you know I gotta give it to Aaron Rodgers it's the most valuable player for the regular season and the guy lost four times one game didn't really mean anything I mean he comes out week one they get spanked by the Saints and oh, after yeah. the, the off-season ride that I went through with them, I was just thinking to myself, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, The wheels are coming off. Nobody's getting along. So I was nervous. But sure enough, he dialed it in, and he put together another outstanding season. I mean, 37 touchdowns to four interceptions. I mean, that's hard to do. And look at their, their loss to the Chiefs back in week nine. He wasn't playing the one game he missed. They lost 13-7 to to the Chiefs. I mean, the Packers' offense rolls through that man. He's in his third year mm. under Matt Lafleur's offense, and I just think he's hard to hard to beat.
0: Man, I that's a really good point you brought. up. I totally forgot about that Week One spanking against the Chiefs. Was it? I mean, the Saints wasn't the score something atrocious like forty nine to seven, or wasn't it just like a huge discrepancy?
2: If memory serves, I think it was thirty eight to three. But same thing. It, it was. <laughs> oh it was goodness. bad. goodness. And it yeah. was Jameis Winston. I mean. Uh,
1: Yeah, that is pretty crazy. What do you think, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers taught me one thing, you know, in the past, it was how to spell relax. You know, he was infamous a couple years ago for just, like, doing the R-E-L-A-X, just telling everyone, chill out, do not judge us off of this first game. And, I mean, that's one thing that not many players, when I just kind of look, like, you you just kind of look broadly – to be able to just bounce back to show that kind of resilience, um, I mean Aaron Rodgers, I just he has ice in his veins. Like that guy is always always sharp. And when he's not, you you're you're pretty confident he's gonna come right back that next game and, and get the job done. Um I actually did not realize his touchdown to interception ratio was as strong as yeah. it was. So that 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 it's you know really that brought bad. me that brought me back to uh, to Nick Foles a couple of years ago, the twenty seven and two. Um so that's super impressive. I mean I We'll get into it. I'm I'm very curious. You know where he goes from here because it's like he has, you know, him and Devonte Adams. I don't I don't know what's a better connection. I still think that's a better connection than Stafford and Cooper Cup. But you could you could, uh, I, I don't know. You you could flip a coin on that one. Um,
0: it's well, interesting, let's ask though. that question. Well, let's ask that question then. I mean, Terry, where do you think? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay? There's a lot of speculation. I can tell you where I think he's gonna go, but do you think he's going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers next year?
2: My thing is is where is he gonna go and meet a better chance of making it all the way to the Super Bowl? I mean, the top landing spots, Pittsburgh, you gotta face Joe Burrow, you gotta face Lamar Jackson, you go to Denver, you got the Chargers and the Chiefs, you go to Miami, you got the Bills and the Patriots, and the Patriots will find a way to beat you when it matters. Las Vegas, same thing, Chargers and Chiefs. Plus, I mean, Las Vegas has turned out to be nothing more than a disaster for the NFL. Uh, Cleveland, you got the Bengals and the Ravens again. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't see anywhere where he can make it all the way as easily as possible. I mean, right now he's facing a young Justin Fields, a Kirk Cousins who, you know, take him or leave him. And then you got Jared Goff. I'll take Aaron Rodgers over any of them.
0: Sure, but that's inner division. And I mean, we're not talking about winning the division. We're talking about best chance to win a Super Bowl. You can't go into the AFC North and say, because Joe Burrow's there, I'm afraid I'm not going to win so much. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is trying to like live out the rest of his legacy. Y- you really think he's going to try to take the easiest cupcake division? If anything, that should hurt his accolades.
2: Well, I just think, I look at the pieces that he has around him. I mean, right now he has a blossoming run game and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I mean, watching people try and tackle A.J. Dillon, it scares me. Yeah. Uh, you have Devontae Adams, arguably number one receiver in the NFL. You've got a deep threat who he dearly missed this season in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then you've got one of the most physical blocking down-the-field wide receivers who was undrafted in Alan Lazard. You've got Matt LaFleur, who has produced possibly two back-to-back MVP seasons and you have two lockdown corners in eric stokes and jair alexander the pieces are there you, oh rashawn gary on the edge the pieces are there it's just some sooner or later you got to piece it together
1: andrew what do you think i'm just saying what do you the think, N- yeah yeah no, i'm just i was gonna say you know i the nfc east is um it's not that strong. So um, if he wants to come to Philadelphia and wear a different shade of green, you know, I, I know he's old <laughs> and I know Alex, I know we've discussed our, our, you know, quarterbacks. We'd like to see here, believe it or not. I would rather see Aaron Rodgers here than Derek Carr. I know that that's. Yeah, right. You I love know Derek Carr.
0: You love Derek I, Carr.
1: <laughs> look, when you're just looking at something, when you're looking at the value or something, being worth the price. If I don't have to sell the entire farm to get a capable quarterback then yes, Derek Carr is very attractive. But if I'm going if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl Aaron it's I mean, come on. Aaron, you're not going to do better than 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 Aaron Rodgers. Um I, you know, I, I've i had this feeling that I could just picture him in black and yellow. I don't know why. I just see him wearing a Pittsburgh uniform. I think it would play, um, it would be very consistent with kind of the uh, scumbag <laughs> quarterbacks that they've had in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, so they'd go from one, you know, one controversial guy to the next. So the fan base is already, they're used to it. They're, they're here for it. And then, I mean, and if not Pittsburgh, I feel like, the only other team, or the he's a California boy, so like I do feel like end of career players maybe want to go back home or they want to play somewhere where it's warm. Um, you know, he has a new uh, fiance or wife, and she is, I mean, Shailene Woodley is like super California. Like, she hold on, did you looks- hear that report today? They called off their wedding, apparently. Good. Yeah, they called what? off
0: the wedding because they said Aaron Rodgers was too controlling. Now I don't know. This is all one this is all one journalist that said something and you know, this stuff could get brushed under the rug and not be a real thing. But I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers has this mantra trying to be in control and kick and scream. And when he doesn't get his way, he brings all sorts of, he he raises hell and he calls out the media and says, these guys should be here. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I wish him well in his personal life and I know he has difficult relationships with his family members, but it kind of does like,
1: feed like this. He sounds like he might be a narcissist. He sounds like he might be. Uh, he might be. He might be a problem. He might be like a true problem. Because uh, like I remember, I, you know. And if there's one thing we love here, it's juicy gossip. We talk about his relationship with Olivia Munn all the time. That's like no, I'm just joking. But I do remember when he was with Olivia Munn, and they were very much in the public eye. She had a lot of. Um, things to say afterwards and like even his relationship with his family and just kind of the distance that that caused like there's some questionable behavior by this guy I didn't realize th- this 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 latest with uh with Shailene so that's um
0: that's that there's that's two br- things I'm up
1: to date on <laughs> it's my Philadelphia
0: Eagles news and my TMZ paparazzi gossip
2: oh
1: man I still want to chime
2: me. in there briefly
1: <laughs> yeah go ahead Terry's Sorry, uh, so mad <laughs>
2: Zen. Anyways, um, so, yeah, you know, Rogers may not have the best relationship with his family. I'm assuming at this point right now, Patrick Mahomes doesn't either. Um, (laughs) Moving forward.
1: You you coming at State Farm? You coming at State Farm right now? You coming at the Patrick Uh, Price and and the Rogers, right?
2: (laughs) Coming at Jackson and Brittany. Oh, man. Moving forward, I mean, Aaron Rogers' brother (laughs) did try and get his fame on The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette, was it? saying, oh, I have all these problems with my family and things like that. I mean, you're a franchise quarterback, and you have your brother basically shaming you on a dating show. So, you know, I don't, I'm not one to judge him on his family, but, uh, you know, Shailene Woodley, uh, she's a kind of controversial character in her own right. So maybe they're a match made in heaven.
0: Maybe they are. Well, back to actual football talk. I so 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 here's where we recap. We got we got to move on. I could talk about this for a while. This is hilarious. Um, so Terry doesn't think Rogers is leaving. Drew is seeing black and yellow. I for one can also see black and yellow. Colin Coward says that he can see black and yellow. You're talking about offensive and defensive pieces. They have them there in Pittsburgh. Um, we have the potential defensive player of the year there. Um, a stacked defense. Awesome all-star wide receiver core. Um, I could see Aaron Rodgers there. I think a lot of the reports is the coaching staff in Denver is one that he's partial to. But to your point, Terry, I don't really see enough weapons around them. What do you have? Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton. Um, You got a few defensive players. Is there another wide receiver one? Jerry Judy. I was going to say, is there another wide receiver one? So yeah, maybe. I do like the Pittsburgh take um truthfully though I'm really in it for the drama and besides Tom Brady you don't really see these dramatic things happening all the time I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to be back in the yellow and green next year Um, but we will see all right moving on through the rest of these awards the next one we have is coach of the year and when I looked at the odds on this I was a little bit surprised I thought Bill Belichick was one like executive of the year, was in the running. He didn't even make the top three list. Mike Vrabel from the Titans, minus 185 odds. Zach Taylor, Cincy at plus 250. Matt LaFleur from Green Bay at plus 350. Uh, What do you guys think on Coach of the Year?
1: Let's see. I'll, I'll I'll start here. Why not? Um, I I agree. I was also surprised by Bill Bill Belichick. Um, but I, I guess it makes sense if you're you know considering that these are the final three. You know you look at Mike Vrabel. Tennessee was the number one seed, which was darn impressive when they were missing Derrick Henry down the stretch. You know basically the entire almost the entire second half of the season, and um, you know Derrick Henry is has been you know over half of their offense at times um and then you have zach taylor cincinnati i mean like yeah. there is literally no case you can make against zach taylor being a finalist and then matt lafleur same as with mike rabel green bay locked up the number one seed so those are you know those are kind of it, it is kind of you know a chalky um you know, top three here. I, I, you know, I I also thought Nick's not to be a homer, but, you know, you looked at what the Eagles were as a two and five team that looked like they were bound for a complete collapse. And then when they ended up making the playoffs, I thought Nick Sirianni may have had a a chance to, uh, to, to win, but
0: he is on the list. He's just not in the top three, like real, it's like plus 1000 odds once you get to Nick, but he is like top five. He is on that list.
1: I figured. And, you know, when there was the one game where he just ran the ball three times over the course of the entire game, that alone should just take you out of the running. So, yeah. Uh, it really <laughs> should. So, who, so, who's t- your pick? My pick, you know, uh, all right. Do they, are they basing this off of playoff performance as well? Or is this all le- just leading up to playoffs?
0: I think everything is regular season.
1: I, I, I don't know, man. It's like how do you? It's like do you take? Dude, there's, Mike nothing, R- there's nothing. There's nothing. Writing
0: this. This is uh, um, not prices. Right. This is whose line is it anyway? Rules. Okay. Price. It, it doesn't matter what the answer is. You're not. You can't be wrong. You're right. So I'm just <laughs> gonna close
1: my eyes and I'm gonna pick. No. I'll just. I'll go with the favorite. Mike Vrabel. Boom. Boring. I'm gonna and I'm gonna. I'm gonna pass it on. Terry. I want to hear your thoughts.
2: Um. All three of them are you know deserving in their own ways for this award, but I got to go with Mike Vrabel. I mean, to lose Derrick Henry, who to me is the most prolific running back since Adrian Peterson, uh, and still lock up the number one seed, get a buy in the playoffs, I mean, sure things didn't work out how they planned. But, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, he's had two really great seasons, but there are times when he's just come out flat. And a big part of that was due to a decision that he made to to, uh, promote Maurice Drayton, who was the assistant special teams coordinator on the Packers last season. Under Sean Menenga, who was fired in the offseason, and Matt LaFleur personally promoted him to be the coordinator for this season. And that decision is going to haunt him, especially if Aaron Rodgers leaves this season. Our special teams were abysmal. I'm not saying that you need to fire a coordinator midseason, but you got to own up to it. And sure enough, he did, but only after it was too late. So my pick is Mike Vrabel. No disrespect to Zach Taylor. I love watching Cincinnati play. No doubt he's done a great job. I mean, Cincinnati was in a dumpster before Joe Burrow, and now they're you know, playing in the big game. So props to him, but I'm going Brable.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to go Zach Taylor on this one. Um, I just think, you know, I I think it's very similar to the Brown situation when um, Stefanski won last year. Just taking a team, didn't have a lot of pieces. Your quarterback was hurt. Coming back. One wide receiver changed the entire dynamic of the team, and now they're playing in the biggest game of the year. Even regardless, they close out the regular season with the win against the Chiefs. Um, I just think that's like, you know, that that's one of the, we're talking about prolific teams. I mean, that's the team to beat right now, right? It's it's the Chiefs, it's the Bucs when Tom Brady was there, it's the Ravens when Lamar is healthy. So I'm going to have to go Zach Taylor here, even though the odds aren't in my favor. Moving on, and let's just move through the next few, Few of these because we have a lot to cover still. Uh, comeback Player of the Year. Uh, you have Dak Prescott, who had his ankle bent in the letter that cap uh, that described their season, which was an L, ninety degrees to the left. Joe Burrow with the torn ACL, Nick Bosa, and Carson Wentz. I don't know why Carson Wentz is on this list. I guess the odds are plus 10,000. So if you want to try to win some money, Carson Wentz isn't winning that. But what are your guys' thoughts on comeback player of the year? I'll just start off. I'm going with Joe Burrow, not because I don't want Dak Prescott to win anything, uh, but I don't want Dak Prescott to win anything. But I think Joe Burrow, after an ACL injury, you've seen so many quarterbacks come back from that, and they're just totally different, like Carson Wentz. Um, I just think it should go to Joe Burrow. He overcame a ton. He's still getting hit hard. He's still running. I mean, he just, it looks like he hasn't missed a step. So I'm going to have to go Joe Burrow on this one. What are your thoughts, Terry?
2: Uh, it's a landslide, Joe Burrow. I mean, his injury yeah. last year and his rookie year, for him to come back and play like he has, I mean, and didn't miss a beat, not only on the field, but off the field with his swagger, with his locker room personality um, obviously having chase has been a huge help to him, but I mean, that would be a huge help to anybody, but he's just on a roll right now. And, uh, I really yeah. can't take anything away from it. Dak Prescott, glad to see him back, but Dallas is still Dallas.
1: I'm going to go with, uh, with Carson Wentz. Cause he, he did, a, <laughs> he did a uh, joking man. No, he really, he did a, he oh, did more man. F- he did more for the Eagles this season not playing for them than he did actually playing for them. So, I mean, that's a heck of a comeback if I've ever seen it. Carson man, You gave him some flowers. You you know, he he gave us a beautiful first round draft pick. He played 75% of the snaps. He ended up of losing to the Jaguars the final game of the season to miss the playoffs making our draft pick even better so Carson Wentz we all on behalf of the afterthought podcast want to say thank you and I'm excited to win 10 ten, <laughs> 10 gazillion gabillion dollars when I bet um when I bet you um after the show I love that. I love that answer love that answer Drew take us <laughs> into the next one love that freaking answer man well you know after uh well, and I'm not gonna t- Andrew shut up. Here we go. Okay. Next uh next is offensive player of the year, where we only have two nominees and it looks to be a coin flip. They're both minus one ten. So you have either your wide receiver in Cooper Cup or you got your running back in Jonathan Taylor. Um I mean, just briefly, both of these players had absolutely astounding years. I would give Cooper Cup... The fact that Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown, so when you lead the league in every major receiving category, like, that is... I don't know how often we're going to see that. I mean, Triple Crowns in any sport are extremely difficult and extremely impressive. So, um, Cooper Cup, I uh, I am going to give you my very precious uh, vote for, for this one. Terry, how about you?
2: Uh this is tough for me because you know i really didn't think mac jones was going to be as successful as he was in his rookie year i doubted belichick i doubted you know the effect that their offensive coordinator would have but i mean i think that most of us knew that when jamar chase got to the nfl especially with joe burrow he was going to light it up i mean he has been as advertised he has played outstanding in the position his routes his speed his decision making I mean I see it it's gonna be hard to give it to Mac Jones over Jamar Chase.
0: So we're talking about offensive player of the year. I think you're alluding to offensive rookie of the year.
2: Oh, that's right. Wait, so let's lump-
0: between what well, yeah, yeah, between Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor.
2: Oh, I missed that one. I gotta give that to Cooper Cup.
0: Yeah, triple Cup. I gotta go when with the think- favorite. Yeah, I, I I agree with Terry on this one. Um, just because he won the Triple Crown, that that's something that just doesn't happen very often. I do think Jonathan Taylor um, did amazing things in <clears throat> in Indy, and he's obviously going to be everyone's top fantasy pick next year. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Cooper Cup on this one. Moving through the, these yeah. next, yeah. Moving say, through we- the next few ones, yeah. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you. The day that whoever is in charge of, of technology delays, once they fix that delay problem, that slight half of second that just throws everything off, it's going to the world is just going to be such a better place. Um, I was going to say, why don't we just keep this? We'll, we'll keep this on the offensive side since Terry already gave us his offensive rookie of the year choice. Um, we'll do the same here. So I think I actually yeah, I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Like I think Mac Jones had a very impressive season. Um on one hand, I always feel like it's just easier in general to give an offensive award to a quarterback. I wanted to bring that up with the MVP as well, because I was looking back and the last time that any position other than a quarterback won MVP was in 2012 when Adrian Peterson won. So it's very rare. So for Jamar Chase to just come in, have the impact, like, I'm sorry, but Cincinnati is not the team that they are without without Jamar Chase there. Um and it's rare that you see a like a, a receiver specifically have such like that big of an impact on the entire team. I know Justin Jefferson had a huge year last year and won offensive rookie of the year, but um I, I don't know man, Jamar Chase was just like he just continued to impress week after week. And it was kind of unexpected after hearing, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the stories over the offseason about how he's not used to the size of the ball and all that kind of uh, weird stuff. Cause it, he didn't show any signs of that this entire season. Um, so Alex, what about you, man? What do you think uh, Jamar chase or Mac Jones? Echoing what
0: both you guys said, Jamar chase totally, totally. That team is not where they are without him. Um, I do think Mac Jones did a lot. I think that Mac Jones has a good future. I think he will see some playoff action in the next few years. We talked about that in a previous episode, uh, but I'm going to go with Jamar Chase on this one. And then switching on other side of the ball here. So defensive player of the year, the top three are TJ Watt from Pittsburgh, best odds at minus 350, Micah Parsons from Dallas plus two hundred. Aaron Donald plus five hundred. Terry, what are your thoughts on the defensive player of the year?
2: I think TJ. Watts earned this one. I you know, I think arguably he could have taken another one from Donald in the past, but you know, the past is the past. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh didn't have a lot of things go great for them this season. Obviously, they lost Big Ben, but TJ. Watt is going to be a problem for years to come uh Micah Parsons it's TJ is going to be trying to keep him on his heels moving forward he is a scary player and he is extremely talented
0: yeah I I don't think I disagree you know one person I just don't know why they're not on here and maybe it's just because I watch them a lot um but Max Crosby's so good and he never makes any of these lists man I just feel like that dude um, he is the uh, defensive lineman from um, uh, Las Vegas. I just feel like that dude gives 110% all the time here. I think in this, though, as far as like the odds are concerned, I think T.J. Watt has to get it. Um, he's either batting the ball or sacking or doing a strip sack. I, the dude's just absolutely incredible. I like T.J. Watt, too. I think he's just an awesome individual. Um, but I could totally see Micah Parsons getting it. I don't think there's going to be any debate amongst us on who the defensive rookie of the year is um, unless Andrew has some crazy way on how it ties back to the Eagle success. Like he did with the comeback player and Carson Wentz, Uh, but TJ Watt and then
1: going over. Oh wait, Andrew, did you give your uh, defensive uh, player of the year? I didn't, but I'll make it quick. Uh, I have to agree with TJ Watt. I didn't realize he had 22 and a half sacks this year. That's absurd. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. Um, You know, and I was, you know, looking at this list here, I know that you and I have discussed Trayvon Diggs and is, is he overrated or not? I will say, and he has gotten beaten and we've seen it. So he's not, you know, he's not Darrell Revis, But, I mean, whatever. What do you have, 11 interceptions? Like, that also doesn't happen by accident. I mean, a couple of tips may have gone his way, but it's still highly impressive nonetheless. And I have one quick follow-up question. You got the Watts versus the Bosas in, like, a tag team oh, match. Oh, man. Who's winning
2: that? The Watts. TJ got 20, 20, what was it? 22 and a half sacks in 15 games.
1: I mean, it,
0: it, yeah, I'm going to have to There's, go with the Watts on this one.
1: So fact of the matter is like, those are just two absolutely absurd football families that are just dominating the defensive line. Um, so, eh, well, that was fun. I'm glad I got your takes. I, 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 I actually, I don't, I haven't made up my mind yet, so I'm still thinking about it. So we'll, yeah. we'll move it on. That, that that's a that's a tough one
0: and <laughs> then is there a, is there any argument for many of us Micah Parsons dude I do not want to see him twice a year he is unreal I could totally see him winning also defensive player of the year but Micah Parsons is scary he plays every position he's every, every position he's he's so talented so he's is there
2: any debate amongst? kill
1: yeah fastest man <laughs> alive right insane Insane. Uh, oh, is there any- and I want <laughs> I wanted to mention, Max Crosby did win something. I think he won a Pro Bowl MVP for his very, very hard effort of uh, touching players with two hands. So give it, well, give it up for Max Crosby. Give it up for Max Crosby. At least he got something.
0: At least he got something. <laughs> All right. So as we know, the Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. Uh, we're going to announce our predictions right after this. But Andrew is the king of quirky and funny information. Why don't you take us through some of the unique prop bets
1: and the odds associated them with the upcoming Super Bowl, Andrew? All right, we're going to fly through this here. So, just to give some historical context, over about the past ten years or so, and this is before your Fandals and your and your DraftKings and all, all your fun sports books, um, you know, we started to see some fun props start to be introduced. So, you had, you know, which brand will air the first commercial? Um, you know, who will the Super Bowl MVP thank first in their speech? Will it be his team, his family, his mom, God? Um, you know, will the announcers reference? Any of the, the the point spreads throughout the game, so little little fun things like that. Uh, so I have a couple here, um, which are you know starting off. We have the length of the national anthem. This is one that we see every year as well. Uh, so this year it's ninety five seconds. I don't. I'm not very familiar with the person singing the anthem. Um, in fact, I can't even remember his name right now because I don't know. Who it is so i i don't know if he's a slow or fast uh singer so i can't really make much of a much of a judgment on this one. so i remember i remember last year there were people waiting outside of tampa bay stadium
0: and they were they were recording the um national anthem and then putting it on twitter so i think whoever <laughs> posted that prop bet took it off when you're dealing with money and like hundreds of thousands of dollars that you could be like hey like it's worth flying down there to try to catch a rehearsal to see how long it is over under 95 seconds. It's pretty crazy
1: what some of these people will do. That's so funny. Hey, anything to make a buck, man. Uh, yeah. Next, we have uh, who will perform first at halftime. So uh, the choices are Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem. And that was in the order of uh, the favorites. So Mary J. Blige is currently the favorite at plus 170. But, you know, Snoop Dogg could come out and try to really start the start the party. So maybe Snoop Dogg at plus 355 is the way to go. I don't know. And can you guys I just have any- say... <laughs> can, I, can I just say that I would do a whole entire episode
0: of just talking about how incredibly epic this halftime show is going to be. Honestly, like I'm super excited for the game, but like I cannot wait for halftime. Eminem, Dr. Dre, just doing some of their old school things. Like I used to get made fun of in high school because I had an Eminem show t-shirt. And I used to wear it all the time, like all the time. People would say I was like obsessed with Eminem. Like I'm so pumped to be able to see that.
1: M M has a has a soft place in my heart. Like he was always a controversial figure as we were growing up, but like looking back, first of all, I I look at him as like I mean I don't think this is wrong of me, but like lyrically, a genius. I mean his, yeah. his writing is incredible, and those songs just stand the test of time, man. Like all of his songs just take you to a just to a just to a nice simpler time so anyway um we're gonna move on yeah to the ga- talking about talking about <laughs> his ex-wife and, and, and,
0: and <laughs> some of his old stuff does not take you back to a simpler time my we man. were
1: we all knew we all <laughs> we all knew kim we all knew Haley, we just knew the whole we knew the whole family the like, whole really, family we knew stan <laughs> his, we, his
0: mom just everybody was so happy
1: stan her spaghetti poor stan yeah, Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti, her, her,
0: her cuisine.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Moving on from spaghetti to Gatorade, the Gatorade bath. So uh, this is a pretty simple one. Orange is the favorite. That typically seems like orange is the favorite. Um, then uh, none is is second at plus 300. So maybe that just means either it will there will be no Gatorade bath or the Gatorade will be clear. Maybe it'll be water. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, and so it's either orange, none, or blue are the are the choices for Gatorade. So I guess they were out of uh, Fruit Punch and uh, purple. <laughs> I don't even know what the flavor is. Uh, next we have, this one I thought was pretty cool. Uh, so we have a cross sport uh, prop here. So what will be higher? Cooper Cups total receptions in the game or usa gold medals recorded at the 2022 winter olympics now cooper cup is the favorite he's been averaging like just if i were to make a guess probably about eight catches a game eight nine pretty pretty steadily um and i know the winter olympics are not the usa's strong suit necessarily so um so maybe cooper cup at minus 175 is 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 good for that i don't know do you guys have you guys been watching any of the olympics coverage at all
0: uh, i saw that they have a ski jump in the middle of like a nuclear plant so that's pretty interesting
1: and so that's different that's not something they usually do
0: <laughs> it might be i don't know man this is not an olympic podcast but i don't i don't usually think it's pretty bizarre to see like these ski jumpers doing flips with like a smokestack and behind them i feel like it's kind of a mess and like i don't know i was, I was watching some of the alpine downhill skiing and like people were like just really unhappy with the conditions they had. Terry, you watching any of the Olympics?
2: Uh no, didn't catch any of it, but I did have somebody send me a video of I think it was a French skier. He took a gate post right between the legs. Um so I'm not even sure if that was the Olympics or not, but it was entertaining nonetheless.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry I missed that. Oh lord. Moving on to the next prop here. Uh, so the jersey number of the first touchdown score. So over twenty three and a half is plus one hundred and ten, and under twenty three and a half is minus one hundred and forty. Let's see if we can do a quick minute brainstorm of which players could potentially win this bet. Oh man! So, <laughs>
2: no,
1: maybe not. Well, I know Jamar no. Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase is one, right? So that's under right. twenty. So uh, it could be him. Odell Beckham Joe. is what six? He's 10. a low number. Cup is 10. Um, the running backs, I believe, are all in the 20s. So those. So if a running back scores, that would be over 23 and a half. Um, Joe, Mix, yeah, Joe Mixon, I think, is 28. So anyway, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, next. Now, this was the best one I've seen. Uh, will there be an octopus? Yes. Do you guys know what an octopus is? And I'm not talking about our, our eight-legged... And not our eight legged uh, friends that I, I have I think I've seen gotten thrown onto the ice at Detroit Red Wings games. That's, and that's, literally, what what
0: that's literally what I was thinking. I was literally thinking that. What's an right.
1: octopus? So but then I was looking, I was like, so yes is plus fourteen hundred, no is minus twenty five hundred. I'm like the odds that there's going to be an octopus at that game have to be like, there's no chance. So I would have put like my entire life savings on no. However, an octopus, what I learned is when a player scores a touchdown and then they also score the ensuing two point conversion. So it hasn't been it, it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot. I think it happened maybe six times this year. I saw a couple of names. Michael Pittman was one. Um, so, yeah, you learn something new every day. Not a real octopus they
0: score. Eight points. What if there is like an actual octopus, though? Like, does, is there like an asterisk next to like the bet? Like if there is, and this is also pertained to commercials. Like what if a person in a commercial catches a touchdown plus a two-point conversion? Does that avoid said octopus or octopi in, the, in, that, in that context?
1: I think what that means is that the Eagles get uh, the automatic number one overall pick in the NFL Perfect. Draft.
0: Okay. So. That makes sense then. Cool.
1: Glad we got that figured out. <laughs> the final one that I saw, which caught my eye, was the uh, the Super Bowl winning margin, which is set at over under eight and a half. Now I thought that was interesting because the line of the game is is only what four four and a half last time I checked. Um, so over under eight and a half is minus one ten each way. So I I don't know. Do you, do you guys have any kind of understanding as to why it would be um, like? How am I trying to word this? It's like this, it's it's the same odds of it being an eight and a half point game that that it is being a four or four and a half point game. I thought that was kind of weird.
0: It is a little bit weird, right? You would just think it'd be over under four and a half because that's where the line usually is.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that might be easy money right there because, um, you know, uh, the, the numbers would say bet under eight and a half. But who the heck knows? So those right, well, are as his, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. <laughs> we need to is, figure you know, out that's...
0: this 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 half second, this half second thing. So, <laughs> as we finish out today's episode, Terry, thank you so much for kicking it with us today. What are your Super Bowl predictions? Correct score for the game?
2: I'm going to go 27-24 Rams. I like Joe Burrow. I like the Bengals offense, but I think that it's Stafford's time to shine, and I like the Rams defense over the Bengals.
1: Okay, Andrew, what do you think? I love that. I'm I'm very close. I'm definitely got both teams. I'm gonna say twenty-five. Weird number, twenty-five to nineteen. Rams. There's gonna be some weird two-point conversions. That's why these numbers are kind of uh, not your typical, you know, twenty. Octopus. And 14s. In octopus. In octopus. There's gonna be some octopi. In, in,
0: yeah. An octopi will happen. I will. <laughs> I am going against the grain here. I do think if the Bengals win, it will be a very, very close one. I've said it before on paper, the Rams are the better team, but I'm betting money line on the Bengals. Final score on the end of Zach McPherson's leg <laughs> Bengals 23, Rams 20. I love it. I love it. There we go. It's going to be a good game. game. Yeah, it is going to be a good game on the next episode of the afterthought podcast. We will be closing out season one with our reactions to the game. We will bring for you what we have in store for season two, what we plan to do in the off season. Thank you so much for kicking it with us. Terry, thank you for joining.
2: Thanks so much for having me, guys.
0: You got it, man. This is the Afterthought Podcast.
2: Peace.